What's good, y'all? It's your boy C Row Money Money. That's C.R.O. Double Dollar Sign, host of the Nerd with Friends podcast. I'm joined tonight with my co-host, Codename Comet. Salutations, my fellow birds, nerds, and peaceful herds. This is your boy, Codename Comet. What's going on? Man, so thank you for everybody that's tuning in to listen to us today, tonight, whenever you're listening. We appreciate it. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you wouldn't mind, give us a like, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Anchor, pretty much every platform out there for podcasts. And every little bit help. Let us know how we can be better. And we're going to continue to bring excellent, high-quality content. But to jump into things, here is a, uh, you know what, it's spoilers, review on uh, Netflix's new show, uh, Masters of the Universe. you're gonna come out and just say it. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were. I'm glad you were okay with just tearing that bandaid off. I didn't, it's, I didn't it's, like it. I, I think this is the worst thing that we've reviewed in our in our year plus of of podcasting. This might be one of the worst things I've seen since we started podcasting. I I. I told I, I wanted to stop watching like after episode three or four, but I was like, nah. If I'm a, if I'm gonna review this, I'm gonna finish it. Yeah, and it it just got worse to me. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I thought that I thought the last two episodes were somewhat redeemable, but. It's like everything that led to it, the average person is never going to get to that. And the stuff that happened in the beginning is so bad. It's just, I don't know. It's just not a good show. But before I, you know, before I, I, I you know, throw it into the furnace, let's, ex- you know, let's give them a, lot, you know, a, a little bit of an idea of what this show is. Let's 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 start from the top here, like because we've known about this show for a while. You know, we've seen we've seen the trailer. Like the first episode, I thought the first episode was pretty pretty great. Honestly, I was very excited. What it was for me, it was pretty much like that first those first seven minutes of Mortal Kombat, where I'm like, yeah. wow. This is really good. This is going to be great because for a moment, we'll take the time to. I, we can definitely talk about what we liked about it first before we tear it apart. Let's do that. Let's, let's do that before we just shred because there's a lot to shred apart. Like, I personally think this was great animation. The character moved very fluidly. You know, it just it just looks like great. I forgot the name of the studio, but they've handled a lot of like great they, they've got an impressive resume. And I wish they would have handled seven deadly sins, boy. Could you imagine? Yeah, cause this it looks great. Like I like the character designs, you know, like you can tell that 
they didn't go too crazy with the you know the characters and their muscular designs i think yeah. for the time it set like everything makes sense yeah. um, a lot of the stuff is carried over from the um 80s show but also a lot of it is very modernized and there are some things that look better i thought i thought it was kind of cool that the 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 insignia on he-man's chest it looked like an h and an m and other than that, it was just like that red cross, but now it's kind of had a little bit more meaning to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it had a great cast. Like you had Phil Lamar, Sarah Michelle Geller as Tila. Uh, I think uh, Chris Wood was the actor for um, uh, He Man and. Um, he Man and Prince Adam. You also had Tony Todd voicing um, uh, Skull Glow. You had Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. You had, you had, <laughs> you had Mark Hamill as Merman. You got Kevin Michael Richardson as Beast Man. Um, God damn, I forgot who voiced uh, Evil Lynn. The Queen from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Lena Headley. Yes. And then Skeletor, you got you got Mark Hamill to voice like you have you have two of the creepiest voices, the, the scariest voices of our generation inside yeah. this show. Like, and you've got this strong female character was, you know, Buffy, who kind of like was this turn character that kind of started a lot of this female empowerment. You know, you think of uh Xena. Buffy and those early 90s times, that's kind of what, you know, paved the way for what we have today with, you know, Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. Yeah. But that's it. That's where that's where the good stops for me. Um, I like I see for me, it's like the first episode. The fourth and the fifth, oh gosh, the fourth and the fifth episode. The like those are the good parts. Everything else, everything that kind of pertains to what the show is supposed to be about, and it's, I don't, it's not the problem. Let me let me let me set this aside right now. The problem of the show is not that it's about Tila. I don't mind that. I think her story is pretty compelling. My problems is her motivations for everything that she's frustrated about because they don't make any sense. And I think it's a bad decision on the on the writer. Like, I think he just wrote a stupid show. And <laughs> uh, there, there are definitely ways. So, you know, spoiler alert. Um, we're going to get into it all, man, but... He-Man dies in the first episode, and the main character is Tila, as a lot of you know is not his, you know, not really. I never really saw her as even a love interest. She was just like the cool female character that was there, not a sidekick or anything. She was just like the cool female character. Um, I guess you could kind of compare her to. Man, I can't even talk. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she's it's like Chitara uh, in um, Thundercats or Toph. Yeah, she's like that strong female character. She's a homie. Yeah, just just a just a badass female character. 
And right. um, the, the show is centered around her. And I think if you wanted to have a show centered around Tila, you could have done it. But why not keep He-Man alive and just show it from her perspective? And that would have been more of a fresh take on the character, especially seeing her being a person who, like, doesn't know that Prince Adam is He-Man. And we always see it from Prince Adam's point of view. It would be interesting to see, like, what it's like for somebody who doesn't know. I think I would have preferred a lot of the some like uh, some of the things that happened in a different way. Because to me, if you kill Prince Adam, if you if she finds out that he's He-Man, it makes for so much of a better story about her if we show it from her perspective while he's there throughout the entire story and then he dies in the end. Because then we have so much more of a connection to who she actually is with him, with the main character being there, as opposed to like what they gave us was this trash angry, with this brash, angry trash. Um, they gave us trash. It was. It, it's like you ruined a good, you ruined a really good character. For we, we got it. We got to start at the top with these list of complaints and it starts with the showrunner Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, Silent Bob is over here fucking shit up. <laughs> you should have stayed fucking quiet, <laughs> man. So a lot of, you know, Kevin Smith for, uh, was it clerks? He did clerks, right? Yeah. Clerks and, um, dogma. I would say those are like his two big claims to fame, but those movies came out a very long time ago, and Kevin Smith has not done much notable work since, and he's kind of made this career off of being like a super fan. Like he's kind of supposed to be like the the fan that gets to make the TV shows and stuff. That's the way he kind of markets himself. And it's worked up until recently to where, you know, actual fans are starting to make work and you see what what kind of happens on social media exposing a lot of people. And Kevin Smith has fell victim to that because in, you know, preparation for this show, it, he hyped it up saying that, you know, he was a He-Man fan, and everybody's on board as a He-Man fan. They're making this for He-Man fans. He called himself um, the Netflix executive, the Netflix um, representative tied to the show, and the Mattel representative tied to the show, the Three Towers of Paternia, which is basically Paternia is their heaven. And so... That's like, that's like calling himself a god of Paternia, a god and, of the show that he loves and cherishes so much as a fan. Uh, but, you know, Clownfish, another um, podcast YouTube type um, channel a couple years ago said that in this, that they, they, they basically leaked the info that He-Man was going to die 
and the story was going to be about Tila and Kevin Smith, like basically harassed these people for a year, like telling them that they're wrong. Their sources are wrong. And just like saying that, you know, like fans made this, they would never do that. And that's exactly what they did. (laughs) He, He just episode one, like, and it's, it's, it's on there, right there, written by Kevin Smith. There's no other writer attached to that. So it's, it's just a lie. Like, you would think if they saw the outrage on that initial tweet, and instead of lying about it, this might be some a time to go back to the, the drawing board and be like, hey, I think we need to do something different. <laughs> because this... This obviously is not going to go over well, but it sounds like the Netflix exec is the one that really pushed this. And and their attempt to be diverse, they really made this for a very specific audience. There's no real... This is a very small margin they have of people who will enjoy this. Because it doesn't really have an audience for as many different demographics that they're mocking. Yeah. <laughs> mocking is a very good term because they definitely are mocking. I, I feel like women should generally be offended by this. I know what they've done, what they've attempted to do for for black people in the show, I'm offended by so, you know, let's let's start right there with the with the race changing. Um, Low hanging fruit, uh, King Grayskull. He's basically the first person to have the power. You know, by the power of Grayskull, that's that's where it comes from. He is the Grayskull, right? And he never appeared in the 1980s show, but in the 2003 version, the 2000 early 2000s reboot, uh, he appeared there and he, you know, he looked like you would expect him to look like. He looked like He-Man. Yeah. But for some reason, they made him black. And honestly, it's, it's it's weird because I don't mind just because if you want to look at this specific continuity you know, they never showed him before. No, so it doesn't so he, matter. It, yeah. To me, Whatever. it doesn't matter. This is this is the first iteration of him. It's like I, I, I see why you did it, but you didn't you didn't have to, you know. Right. If we're completely ignoring the 03 version, then it never happened. And mm-hmm. I can live with that. But then you have Andra, who is a character that also appeared in the comics. So in this show, one of the main things is they're trying to get back magic to Eternia. And the fight where He-Man and Skeletor both lost their lives, all magic was wiped out from Eternia. And now a lot of it is dependent on technological advances. So a group of characters try to team up and get magic back to Eternia. And then before group that happened... female characters... There are some there are some beta males in there. I'm gonna say, are we considering him a male? A beast man is penis away. Beast man, beast man is a male. Not by the way he was acting. 
Oh man, that's that's man, that's not cool. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not cool. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Andra, she's a character from the comic. She's also a ginger, and that's a that's another thing to talk about. Um, they really like replacing redhead people with black people. That is true. That happens a lot. The Flash, Jimmy Olsen. Um, man, it it's happened about four or five times. Uh, it's Lana Lang, I think. It, Lana it's, Lang, yeah. it's happened a lot. It's happened enough to have this conversation, but which is uh, already too much. Regardless, um, she never appeared in the show, but she did make an appearance in the comics. She's very obscure comic book, you know, diehard He-Man fans know who this is. And they brought And that's the problem. Like, when you have diehard He-Man fans or diehard fans of any kind, when you make these changes, you're making changes to characters that people who have probably, you know, you know, resonated with, you know, found some sort of connection with. And when they see, when they hear the name, you know, they get excited to see the character. When they don't see that character, the way that they expected that character to be, it, it changes who they thought they were, you know, connected to. And you're making it, I, I understand why you feel like that's the right move, but it's just as easy to create a new character if, if this is a new show. It's if this is something that's as like, easy. Like you're in a brand new time. She like she doesn't know anyone, or like we don't know what Tila was going to be going to do. We know that she was leaving. She could have met anyone. It didn't have to be Andra. Andra could have been there. It could have been two girls. Like if it was if it was really that big of a deal. But you could have had Andra be the one that trained this new character, and she had a relationship with Tila, and then you shoot kill Andra then. I don't know. There's there's other things you could do there. And that's that's always my biggest issue. I don't want a black Superman. I don't want a black Iron Man. I don't want a black Batman. I don't want to have some hand me down character. And that's exactly what you've done is created a, a hand me down character who's just going to be compared to the other one. Right. Like, it's, it's going to be an issue regardless. Like, it's going to get brought up. Why have the dis- why give the opportunity to have the discussion? And speaking of that, we, we kind of already mentioned it before, but there are no male leads in this show. And even She-Ra, which was, you know, another Netflix original that they had recently, which, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Even they had, you know, at least one male lead and they made him useful. And, and he, man, the, the dudes is, it's, it's slim pickings on any type of like interesting character to yeah, pick from much out of with the dudes. It's man at arms who was supposed to be like the manliest man is reduced to like, almost like a like a like a coward and just like see i wouldn't he, quite call he's like he's a yes man do boy 
Yeah, he's all about his quote-unquote daughter and making her happy. It's like, come on, bro. This is not your life. You've done so. You've done so much more before this. It's like, like you don't have to present like this. Like to just get kicked out for even the king. Like my son's he man. Get out! You never told me what the fuck. What? Chill out. Like yeah. so he's he man. He's been protecting y'all. Why is the fact that the Adam was he man is a way bigger the fact than Adam is dead. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, that There's that. Um, who else was in there? Beastman, his entire... He's basically the only guy on this small team that goes to help gather the two swords to bring magic back to Eternia. And his whole arc is he's just a simp over Evil Lynn. Like, don't touch her. Don't talk to her. I have to find her. I must protect her. Like, that's all That's all he does. Hey, like, that, that's all there is to him. Orko is made like they took his softness and they just dialed it up like he's, he's a lot more silly it's he's not as comical more... it's not as comical it's it's more simple you feel bad for bad orko for you yeah, know like movie. you just like you just feel bad for the guy like nothing's going right he's just a loser and i'm before you know orko was like that comedy relief like Oh, Orko. And now it's like, oh, Orko. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then he dies. Uh, it, and I'm he dies. I'm sure he dies. Um, so there's that. Um, who else was in there? Roboto? Roboto dies. And just kind of like just a boring character. Yeah, just following orders just, the whole time. Just kind of there. Yeah, uh, Triclops. The, I think the I think Puritan Ro- Roboto did have the best death to me, though. Yes, he did. You know, his death made the most sense. It, it had it, his arc in itself. It, had, it, it it was good. Um, all of Skeletor's minions turned to shit, basically. Yeah, I think. Triclops might be the closest thing we have to somebody who takes command after magic wiped out. He kind of starts this technological revolution and he's imbuing people with techno organic abilities. He's got like these servers and he tries to basically wipe out what any remaining magic there is. And even then, he's not really... He's not really much. He's, he's pretty he's fucking dis- soft. He's dispatched pretty easily, depending on My thing looking is, at is the like, situation. If if you really bought this this techno life, then when magic pull up, you still gonna be bought this techno life. You just gonna snuff that shit out. Like he ran off like a little bitch. Um, who, who else? Merman had a very brief appearance. Um, yeah. And then there's choked up. And then there's Adam, who was also like, I've never seen such a a He-Man that needed to be rescued so much by Tila. Not just in like 
she-man form, but I understand that, you know, she's a very capable warrior, but there's a reason he's he-man. He-man, yeah. Like, 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 he is the, the the master of the universe. Like, you don't, the, you don't need to boost up a character by making another character soft or making everyone around her worse. Like, that's stupid. That don't make sense. Like, you could have just given her something that expanded her strength or make it where it's like Adam loses the sword. Like, there's so many other things they could have done with this. There's a lot they could have done. But I feel like the biggest gripe that people have about this show is the queer baiting. And we're going to get into that after work from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Nerding with Friends podcast. We're here talking Masters of the Universe. Not He-Man Masters in the Universe, just Masters just of the Universe. Just Masters of the Universe. Because He-Man died twice. Twice, <laughs> my nigga. They twice. killed He-Man twice. And the second and time, we don't know if he even coming back. Man, so... They told him he going straight in the dirt. In our last segment, we talked about... Um, in our last... In our last segment, we mentioned that queer baiting was done in this. I I I definitely see it for both uh Prince Adam and Tila. If you're gonna make either one of them gay, you should just do it. Personally, that's just how I feel. Um She-Ra, uh I mentioned that earlier had the main character and one of her friends end up getting together at the end of the show. Uh, I watched it with my oldest. She liked the show. I liked the show. It was a very natural progression. It looked like it made sense. Um, And I'm honestly glad that they finished through with that idea at the end. You know, like it wasn't like a look. It wasn't, you know, like a hand touch, like they full on kissed. And I'm like, all right, cool. Good job. <laughs> Good for them. You know, it's like the same way it's uh, with Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. Like there's certain there's certain ones that just they make sense. Right. Even Asami and Korra, like the transition of it all made sense. Yeah. Like, and. Definitely, definitely want to talk, touch on Cora later when we when we talk about Tila's character. But just back to this queer baiting, I think it was evident in a few places with He Man. Uh, most notably, the the mentioning of his secret a lot. You know, secret was a big. It was a big point for both. Tila and Adam, that they both have these secrets. And on the the surface, it's obvious that, you know, He-Man didn't tell Tila about him being He-Man. But below that, there's this He-Man was very flamboyant. And when I always looked at He-Man, I saw it as like a Clark Kent, Superman, Peter Parker, yeah. Spider-Man, to where he's a little bit more, not cowardly, 
but not this brave, you know, brave, imposing figure. Yeah, he's trying to protect himself, but he's not. Yeah, this one, this one just did not give me those type of vibes. And another, another thing is like Prince Adam is usually like a little built himself. You know what I'm saying? Like he's mm-hmm. he ain't no slouch. This is definitely the smallest Prince Adam I've seen too. He was skinny. Yeah, he was he was small and ah man. It's, <laughs> it's just he just it was it was it was all to talk about the secret and in the afterlife he is the only person who wielded the power of He-Man that decided to stay in there, what Grayskull called his lesser form when he was inside um, Quaternia. Mm-hmm. And I took that as him finally being confident to be his true self. And again, just like the secret, I feel like if it's just him being He-Man, I feel like there's more to it. Like, they they were they're more concerned with the secrets than the actual fact that the world is ending yeah. and he's dead. Yeah, there's there's too much emphasis placed on this secret. This damn for me personally, like it's not that big of a deal. Like, right. and it's called the secret. She is it's not. She doesn't really explicitly say so much that it is because he's He-Man. Mm-hmm. She just more so references the secret and people keeping things from her. Even though, you know... It's, it's the, it's the separation of keeping secrets versus keep the secrets kept. Because mm-hmm. like, she was pissed at anybody who was holding some shit from her. Yeah, just... And then, obviously... With Tila, you know, her and um, Andra, they really have the the Xena and Gabrielle vibes from Xeno mm-hmm. Warrior Princess, which some people have also accused as queer baiting. And I just felt like their relationship was just too quick. We didn't really get to see them bond. They didn't even interact too much outside of like the second episode. Yeah. Like it, so, it, it, was, it was a large divide after that. And then I think like the most glaring thing would be Tila's haircut after the time skip. It's a very, it's a very stereotypical haircut for what they were going for. Mm-hmm. And, and let's, Let's just let's just get to probably the worst part of this. Tila herself, like when she when she in the first episode, she seems so excited to become the new man at arms, the new captain. Mm-hmm. And then you know after she goes to to battle with He Man and he dies, and they go back and you find out, you know, man at arms tells the king and queen that Adam's dead and that he was He-Man. Like, this is a very low point. Like, a mother just lost her child. A, a king, a father just realized that not only did he, his country lose his greatest protector, but he also lost a son who he was very cruel to. 
Another all thing he that gave can, a fuck about it, is it, the secret that he didn't te- that no one told her. Like, and, the, and this was so much like obviously she was not the only person who didn't know because the king was just as shocked as her. And I don't think that everyone knew that the queen knew. Right. But for her to be so selfish as to make this this moment about her and then just the overreaction to it all to basically throw away everything you worked for your whole life like this secret it didn't it didn't affect you like there you you didn't you have to be an adult you have to ask why and just it seemed very uncharacteristic. It's uh, like she had a temper tantrum in front of everyone. Yeah, and she just denounces everything. And now, like, she has this sudden detachment from magic. But it's like, He-Man does not really represent magic. At all. Like, take Orko, for example. Orko is it's fucking fun. You know, like, he's... It... <laughs> In, ah man, you wanna you wanna take a you wanna take a go? I could. Man. Uh, I mean, I feel like you shredded her enough, like, because realistically, they just gave us a bunch of pandering bullshit that like was really unnecessary. And when you do that, it's like you're wasting characters. You're you're only just making you're making a mockery of a culture who's already trying their best to just exist. And when you do that in this way you make it as if it's like something's wrong with it and that's fucked up because it's like the average the average child that's watching this show that you want them to be watching don't notice that they just they just take it in and like for the person who you know actually grew up with this stuff it's like come on man we see we see through that shit what you doing that for? Like, you don't like it's unnecessary. It's bad writing. It's it, I, 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 like I said, you said you said enough. Like, I don't. This shit was trash. I think I think my my biggest gripe with her is that they just tried to make her this perfect character. Like she fights better than He-Man. She's got all the answers and I think the biggest detriment was, I think, episode four, where they go and recover um, part of the sword, part of E-Man's sword from hell, Subternia. And she basically makes this deal to trade her fear for um, um, the sword from the ruler Skullglow, who's voiced by Tony Todd, you know, and Candyman. Is it weird to say that I love their journey, but I hate the fact that she's in it? No, that's that's fair. I would have I would I feel like it would have been cool if like all this stuff happened and then it was just like Prince Adam just had to be Prince Adam going along for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was Prince Adam, Hurt Tila, and everybody else just Everybody else just, I mean, Man at Arms doesn't even have to be there, honestly, but that's true. I digress. Um, she makes this deal to trade her fears. And like at the end, like 
her fear is that she's too good. I I, <laughs> I couldn't. That's really, what it feels like. I that same really, question is what I had. I couldn't really put a finger on what her actual fear was. If anybody knows, please enlighten me because. It seemed like she didn't have any fears there, because after yeah. you know she basically said that she has no fears, and she yeah that, it, that was the resolution that she had, and it wasn't like an overcoming your fear. I feel like that would have been like a good character development, but it's like no, you have no fear. But everybody has fucking fears, right. even that scenario to where you're trading your fears, and if you lose, you're going to be stuck with him. That should be a fear in itself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the fuck? I, I, I just like, like you said, there wasn't any character development to Tila. Like she was put out to be this amazing character, and it's like, why though? Like, and then they have this underlying like secret that's really not a secret because the faces are fucking the same. That she's the sorceress's daughter, and it's like every couple times that they try to tell her she pushes it off so it's like why she's are too busy this? having tantrums literally it's like this why y'all doing this with this adult like this is not how people act this is a grown-ass woman you know what i'm saying it's like this is a grown none ass of this woman. makes sense like it she's, just... she's basically cora from like the first she's basically a cora that never matures. Yeah. Like, if Cora just got worse, this is her. And I feel like she's stuck in that same type of archetype where it's like, it's a strong warrior woman Mm -hmm. and she's the best. Mm -hmm. She's cocky and and instead of, you know, Cora who gets knocked down a peg a couple times, that never happens to Tila throughout any of this. And that's a boring character to watch. A character that you know is always going to win. A character that that can't be beat. At yeah. the at the end of the show, Skeletor surprisingly comes back alive too, and ends up killing Prince Adam and taking the sword of power. And now he's like this damn god. He's he, I don't know what kind of crazy shit he's got going on. But now you're going to tell me Tila is going to beat him. I'm still like, it was wild to me that Skeletor even played Evil Lynn from the death. Like, because <laughs> she had no idea that that nigga was coming back. She just chose the right side at the right moment. Because mm-hmm. she knew she wasn't going to be able to beat that nigga. This nigga is the god now. And he killed Adam. And that's another detriment to character development. She had this great talk with Orko about like meaning. And he and just like, died. Like you would think you something. Know, <laughs> he like just passed away. And then Skeletor came back and he was basically a pimp. He was like, bring your ass back here, bitch. And she was like, okay, daddy, I'm going to shake this money. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I was like, okay, wow. Like, there was like a brief hesitation there, but it was, I don't know. It was if, just Lynn. If they're saving this up for some type of surprise twist, but I don't care because the first half was so goddamn bad. I don't need any more of the pandering. I don't need any more of this. Give this to somebody who's going to actually 
do something good. Right. I don't, I, just, I don't know. This this wasn't it. This is bad. You know, this is this is bad. You know what I'm saying? That's really all there is to say to it. If you think it was bad too, let us know why you think it was bad. If you liked it, I don't know if I want you listening to us anymore. You might not like. You might not like the now, stuff. If you like it, you can hit me up. Like, find, like watch our videos, see my socials, check, like, hit me up because I want to know what you thought about it and why you thought it was good. I don't know. I don't know. But until next time, it's been me, your boy, Zero Money Money, that's C.R.O. Double Dollar Sign. And me, your boy, Codename Comet. Y'all have a great one. And don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, review where where you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Pod Chaser. We out, show. Peace.